Good morning, ICF Rome family. We are in a new season and we are completely captivated by the Lord Jesus. We're so thankful for all that God is doing. And so today, as you enter into worship, as you lean into the message of the word and the presence of God, I know from your testimonies that God is doing amazing life changes. So I want you to lean in, worship the Lord, write notes and say, Lord, today I want to be completely captivated by all that Jesus has for me. God bless you and enjoy the service. Yes, because it is a good thing to serve the Lord. Amen? <clears throat> I love that you got these beautiful um, Taste of Nations invitations with a QR code to register. There's a beautiful missions table in the back. And uh, everybody say November 20. <clears throat> Thank you, Veronica. Say it again, November 20. We have only one service, so you guys always show up on time, so you're going to be here on time for sure, but look around and see the seats because the second service is going to have to fill in all these other seats, and uh, we're going to have one service only that day, so you're going to get to bring your food. We're going to have, oh, so much food. It's going to be fabulous. I'm going to be the taste tester, not the cooker, okay? So um, I, don't, I want you to plan on it. I also do want you to plan on that offering of Thanksgiving. We have the privilege and the blessing to support many areas of ministry around this city, not just in our own family through grocery distribution and other things, but also churches outside of the city, churches in the city, missionaries that are traveling in other places. So thank you for asking the Lord, what can you do to sow into someone else getting the privilege that you have today to sit in a free church and worship and praise the Lord? Amen. Someone else needs that blessing in their life. And that's what missions is all about. <clears throat> this morning, we're going to take our Holy Communion together. And I want to remind you that in our church, we serve what we call an open communion. It means you don't have to be a regular attender here. You don't have to be a member here. Um, but you do, according to scripture, need to have your heart in right standing with the Lord Jesus. Amen. It is a holy ordinance that he offered with his disciples to remember. You know, sometimes in the busyness of this world, we can get so focused on the struggle or the issue that we forget to remember that Jesus already paid the price. Are you facing some sickness or some turmoil in your body or your family? He already paid the price. Healing is already done for you. Amen? Maybe you messed up this week. Maybe your life with Jesus has been difficult. The Bible says you can come to him. Even now, before we partake of communion, you should each have received a communion element. If you did not, please lift your hand and our servers will also help you. I know we have some guests. If you did not receive, okay, or you can go to the back and get it as well. Thank you so much. I want you to see partaking of this communion that you're responding to the invitation of Jesus. He walked into this room. He said to you and me, Come here. Come here. I want to sup with you. If you're online, I, I pray that you can get some communion elements and join us even online for this communion time. I can just imagine, you know, sometimes I've had a table with all the display on it. I want you to imagine that Jesus is saying, I want you to come and remember what I've done for you. 
Remember that I went to the cross for you. Remember that I came out of that tomb with resurrection power for you. So we prepared the table today. And I want you to imagine you're seated right there with the king himself. The scripture tells us that his body was broken so that we could receive healing. That the cup symbolizes his blood that was shed on the cross so we could have forgiveness of sins. Because the Bible also says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible also says no sin can enter heaven. So if there is sin, if there is unforgiveness, if there is disobedience to God in your life, this is the moment for you to examine yourself. Isaiah 53, 5 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Amen? There's so many references to what God is saying to us. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23, in the New Testament, it says, For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, even on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to take the bread off that top layer. I want you to say, Lord, I thank you that you took the stripes on your body so that my body could be healed. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. Physical, mental, emotional. He took those stripes for your healing. Father, I thank you so much as we remember what you did and we take the bread together. We don't take it lightly. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. I thank you for healing. God, I'm praying right now that there will be someone in this room or online that will say like they did on Wednesday night as we prayed and they were online, I am healed in Jesus' name. I am being healed in Jesus' name. That sickness that keeps trying to pop its head up in my family or in my, in my children or in my body, it's rebuked in Jesus' name. And I call every cell into alignment. Every cell into alignment for perfect healing and body function to flow. We thank you for what you did in your body for us. In the name of Jesus, we remember and we're grateful. Let's take the bread together. It goes on to say in verse 25, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And he goes on to say, for whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So whoever drinks the bread, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone, verse 28, ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. As we prepare to take the cup right now, I pray that not one of you would be so unsure about the love and the mercy of God that you wouldn't be willing to ask him to forgive you. Amen? Say, Father, forgive me. Purify me. I don't take this lightly. 
I want to serve you all the days of my life. I thank you that you took stripes so that we could be saved. We could be redeemed. Our Savior is not in a tomb or a moss somewhere. You are alive and standing at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for each and every one of us. And there's no sin too difficult for you to forgive, Lord God. So, Father, right now, for that one who feels afraid to say, Father, forgive me, give them courage to say, Lord, help me. For that one who feels ashamed or dismayed, I pray, God, that you would lift that veil and lift that condemnation because you came and you conquered so that we could have Christ-like character every day of our life. Not pride, not arrogance, not false humility, not insecurity, not doubt, but Lord Jesus, total dependence on the virtue of the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot do it without your blood. You are powerful, Lord Jesus. As we take this cup together, I pray that you would seal that act of ownership on every heart and life at the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, let's take this communion together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just lift your hands for a moment and tell God thank you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. If you're online, you can type it in the chat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for giving me faith to believe again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name in the name of Jesus. Amen. And everybody said a good, strong Amen. Thank you for that. Awesome. Well, yeah, you can give God a hand. Amen. We had a good time yesterday honoring one of our very special couples who made the first step of many in a process of uh, marriage and covenant vows. I didn't, I hope it's okay, but Yao and Sarah, would you just stand and let us show you a little bit of love? Yes. And his dear brother is with them today, Brother Kofi. Thank you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. I love that we get to celebrate life together. Amen? And so um, they're going to be doing the traditional ceremony in Ghana, and we bless them in the name of the Lord and are so thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. I really am. I love my church family. I love my online family. I love all those kids and workers that are over there, and um, today we're after service. We have a special meeting for some women who are going to be helping me with a very important Inspire Europe, Inspire Italy event in February, so I just am thankful. Can you say thankful? Look at somebody and say, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. You know, because it wouldn't be any fun to be sitting here all by yourself. And we had those COVID days when we stood here and just filmed and said thank you for being online. But we get to be together, and it's awesome. Amen? It's awesome. So today I want to talk to you about the missing piece. How many of you need an answer to prayer today? Raise your hand. You need an answer to prayer. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think it's about all of us. I want to say to you that I feel like the Lord has spoken to me something, you know, because <clears throat> we sometimes think 
that the answer to prayer has to come the way we want it, at the time we want it, with all the details of the way we want it. So the first thing I think we have to understand is what does the scripture tell us um, in Colossians, because that is our verse for the year and also the verse for the month, but it tells us to be diligent in thanksgiving. November 20th, you're going to bring a thanksgiving offering, thanking God for what he's done. And you know what? That offering is going to go to missions, that Thanksgiving offering. You'll have your tithes, but there's going to be a missions offering of thanksgiving. Because I'm not giving to God because he does something for me. I'm giving to God because I love him. Because he is Abba. Amen? And it is a beautiful, beautiful relationship. So I want to say to you this morning that I believe thankfulness, a heart of thankfulness, a lifestyle of thankfulness requires attitude and action. It's not enough to say I'm thankful with my words. I also have to demonstrate it with my actions and what I do. It's not enough to just have words if in my mind I have this attitude, but God, what about this? And God, what about this? And I don't really appreciate how you did that. My attitude says, God, I am thankful to you because you asked me to be thankful. You commanded me in the Holy Scripture. And there is a link between being and living thankful and victory. I want you to see that, that link between living thankful and having victory. Colossians 4.2 in the Amplified Version says, be persistent. Somebody say persistent. That means you never stop. You never stop. It doesn't mean you maybe stay on your knees 24 hours a day, but in the car, I can tell you, I'm talking to Jesus. When I walk in the hallway, I'm talking to Jesus. When I sit at my desk or you sit at your desk or when I'm sweeping my porch or whatever I'm doing, I'm talking to Jesus in my head, in my prayer. I am persistent and devoted to prayer. Being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. So what does that mean for us? I want you to think about, I want you to leave that scripture up there for a minute. Being alert and focused in your prayer life, it doesn't say focused on everything you need. It says focused with an attitude of thanksgiving. This is not according to Pastor Jen, you know, maybe I'm joyful and positive. This is according to the Holy Scripture in Colossians 4.2. There is a link between thankfulness and victory. I'm telling you, you can declare, the Bible says, out of the mouth, right? You declare things over your life. And I would encourage you, I would ask you, what is your mouth? What is your mind? What is your actions? What is your attitude declaring over those things that the Holy Spirit has asked you to focus your prayer life on? If I am focused with thankfulness and I am praying for a big miracle, I need God to come through in a big way, and all I do is tell God about the problem, then that's my focus, the problem. But if I am alert and aware that, oh, I know what this problem is. This is the enemy trying to distract, discourage, detour, right? I'm alert. I'm aware. But I am focused on what God is doing. Then I'm saying, God, I thank you. I see that answer. I see those DNA cells coming to life in my body. I see that happening in that relationship that I'm praying for. I see that money going into my bank account because I worked hard and I went and interviewed and I did my resume and I took whatever job you gave me and you kept improving me. 
Hear me. I have to do some things as I'm thanking God, as I'm focused on that prayer life. In Psalms, David, I love David, because David is like, I don't know if he's like you, but he's like me. Um, Because David is, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. I am a woman after God's own heart. But David was also a musician. Not that all musicians are this way, but musicians feel things. And he, he was very emotional. He felt good. He felt strong. He felt that he could conquer. And then he also was like, Lord, oh my goodness, what's happening? You've abandoned me. But I want you to hear a psalm from 103 that David wrote. It says, praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. If you're in the chat, say praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all, say all. Type in the chat, all. He forgives all your sins and heals all, say all again, all diseases. Doesn't the world want us to say, oh, cancer, that one can't be healed. I've witnessed people be healed of cancer. My father was healed of cancer four times and 20 years prior on that first diagnosis when they said, go home, you got three months to live, God gave him 20 years and kept healing him and healing him and healing him until it was his turn to go to heaven. He heals all manner of sickness and disease. I want to be a person of great faith. I want to be thankful and victory. It doesn't mean we don't have those moments. But David said, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Anybody ever felt like they were in a pit? And crowns you with love and compassion. Maybe you haven't felt loved this week. Maybe you haven't felt compassion this week. When we thank God, we feel That crown of love and compassion. You know, I've told you before that the Holy Spirit has said to me, when you feel some of these things, it's my invitation. And I can witness to you that in the past several weeks, in those moments when I feel different things, and I say, Lord, I accept the invitation to sit with you for a minute, I suddenly feel loved. I feel the compassion of Father God upon my life. He satisfies your desires with good things. With good things, you know, sometimes a good thing might not be the thing that you wanted. Sometimes the good thing may be a no because God has something better. But the scripture says he satisfies you with good things so that, I love this part. I don't know if there's anybody here that might resonate this with you. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen? Everybody say, I am young. young. Yes, I know you are, but I am young. (laughs) The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Did you ever have treatment where you were treated unjustly or you felt oppressed? Benny mentioned it in her prayer that in this world we have trouble and there's turmoil. But if we will be thankful, there will be a link between our thankfulness and our victory. And we will recognize from this scripture that the Lord works righteousness and justice for all those who have been oppressed. And it ends with amen. In some passages, it ends with selah. Say selah. Selah. And in some 
some definition, Selah means the God of angel armies is with you. So the next time you say amen, I want you to say Selah. Say the God of angel armies is at work on my behalf. I can be thankful and walk in victory. Your mindset must follow God's direction. You have to shift your thinking. <clears throat> you have to shift your thinking. I'm stuck to I'm learning. Shift your thinking. You're not stuck. You're learning something in this process, right? When I was mountain climbing and I was sort of stuck and didn't know if I should go left or right or above, the Lord told me, be still. First of all, I needed to catch my breath. It was very high and I couldn't breathe. Then I needed to take a drink. And then I needed to hear what the Lord said about go to the right, then go down there and see that thing. Now you know where you are. You're not stuck. You're learning. You need to shift your mindset from saying I'm broken to I'm being restored. Shift it. You're not broken. God has come to redeem you and restore you. So you're in the process of being restored. So be thankful for that. Your mindset must follow God's direction. Shift your thinking from I'm sick. This sickness runs in my family. Pastor Jen, don't meddle in my life. To I am healed. And my body is coming into alignment with my creator's design. What if you would be the first person in your family to shift the DNA and that thing that has been trying to cause problems? Diabetes is defeated in the name of Jesus. Cancer is defeated in the name of Jesus. Heart and blood pressure problems is defeated in the name of Jesus. The steps of the righteous, come on somebody, are ordered by the Lord. You need to shift your thinking. Give God praise. <clears throat> Amen. Give him some praise. Let them hear you online. Too much talking this week. <clears throat> when your mind says you're not worthy, let your spirit man rise up and say, my steps are ordered by the Lord. You can shift your mindset. There's a link between being thankful. An attitude of thankful living shifts our perspective upward and then outward, not the other way around. See, if we look here, <clears throat> if we look at our situation, then we get down. And it takes a lot longer to get up. But if I look up, I'm going to go up. I'm going to live up. I'm going to experience up. Amen? So shift that thinking. Psalm 100 is one of my favorites. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs, which is what we do in this house. Know that the Lord, he is God. He has made us. And we are his. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? Praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues for all generations. Be thankfully complete. The scripture is full of of instruction saying, be thankful. Come into his courts with praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Doesn't say, I mean, we can bring our petitions to the Lord. He knows. I tell him, believe me, I tell him. I call on him because the Bible tells us to pray and intercede. But I also am shifting constantly to say, God, I see it in the spirit, man. Amen? This year, I desired for you to realize that whether in victory or in valley, that you were complete in him. 
That's why the theme is all over the place. In Colossians 2.10, it says, you are complete in him who is over all. I want you to think about, as we reflect, we're getting towards the end of the year. I just want you to see a few of the things that I want you to remember, that you are completely his. They're all pieces of the puzzle that make you complete. You are completely loved. You are completely connected. Amen? You are completely convinced of his supremacy and sufficiency. And if not, you can be all those things. He's as close as the mention of his name. You're completely forgiven. Amen? Not part way. He doesn't say, well, I'll forgive that part, but that other part, I'm just going to keep bringing it up to you. That's the enemy bringing it up to you. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit, unless you're still dabbling in something, and then maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and you should listen. But he wants to completely forgive. And then what does he do? He makes you completely whole. So that thing that used to be a struggle, a temptation, it honestly is not a struggle or a temptation anymore. You're actually able to say when it comes, because the enemy is relentless. Hear me. The enemy's going to keep trying. He tried with Jesus. So he's going to keep trying. But you're going to be stronger in your core. And you're going to be able to say, no, no, no. I'm forgiven. I'm whole. I'm completely chosen. I'm completely dependable upon God. And finally, in this last quarter of the year, we are learning that we are completely captivated in God's plan. Yesterday, as we celebrated with Yao and Serum, you could see that they're completely captivated with God's plan with each other. There is a Father in heaven who is so captivated with you. I mean, can you just imagine? It says, before you were in your mother's womb, he formed you. So, Ben Joseph, I can imagine that Father God was standing in heaven. He said, I'm going to make this man in Sri Lanka. He's going to be a baby first. I'm going to put some things in him that make him funny. If you have never heard any of Ben's jokes, you need to. I can't promise what they're about, but they're funny. A, a wise man, a faithful man, a, a steward of God's resources. God did all that. He put all that in there, and he said, don't ever forget that I did it. Don't ever forget that I want to keep using you. You can put your name on there. You can imagine me on the assembly line and God saying, oh, boy, she's going to need this and she's going to need that. And I'm going to put this in her and I'm going to put that in her because I want her to follow me all the days of her life. All the days of her life. I want you to follow Jesus all the days of your life from this moment forward to be completely captivated in God's plan. Are you? Are you? He loves you. He is a good God. Trust him and you will be so captivated. If you have never known love in a godly way, in an Abba Father way, he wants you to know that today. Is this not an earthly love I'm talking about? This is not like, okay, you did something for me and I did something for you and oh, I love you so much and thank you. No. This is a heavenly, supernatural, I can't explain it, I can't contain it, I won't stop it from flowing out of me. Amen? Completely serving. A lot of you signed up to serve. Now, now I need you to serve. I need you to jump in there. I need you to show up at 9.30 and go to the prayer room. I need you to show up and help the kids. I need you to show up and go to class. Completely serving. Because as we serve the Lord, we grow and we spread the love of Jesus. It is an act of thankfulness. 
And in December, we're going to talk about being completely victorious. I have this song I've been listening to for Christmas, and it says, Can you imagine that when God came into that manger, no one would imagine the story that was about to unfold? Just think about it. God works in mysterious ways. So you think he couldn't work in me. This, this is never going to work. You can be completely victorious because Jesus is greater than any circumstance in your life. So I want to tell you something. Expectancy trumps doubt every time. Trump means it goes over it. Like if you play cards, trumps is what you, if you have trumps, you win the whole thing. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's just an English word, Bose. Maybe you learn. I, I'm always teaching Bose new English words. Expectancy trumps doubt. Hear me. Doubt says, I'm not sure. I don't know if he will. In fact, I think he won't. But expectancy says, I believe he will. And I know his promises. And I'm expecting him to do it. And if I am expecting him to do it, then therefore I will keep doing my day waiting for God to do it. In his timing, in his way, I won't tell him how to do it. Because when he does it, it's so beautiful and amazing. And he surrounds me with his love and his purposes. A thankful heart and mind expect God's favor and promise to be fulfilled. Maybe you thought I was just going to say, just tell everybody thank you. But today, I want you to get this in your DNA. Because I know you need victory. Every person in here said you have a prayer need that you need God to answer. Here's the link. Th be thankful. Noah expected God to send the rain even though they'd never seen it. People said he was crazy for serving God that way. Expectancy trumped that doubt. Right? What if Noah had, had doubted and said, God, everybody's talking about me. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't even know how to do it. And God said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you the plan. I'm going to give you the resources. And you're not going to do it alone. Isn't that amazing? You're going to take two of every animal, and you're going to take these people that got in line, and the ones who didn't got left. Three boys in the fiery furnace expected God to be with them. You know, You've heard, how many of you have heard the story of the three boys in the fiery furnace? Let me see. Okay. So in the Bible, there was these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they loved God. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, did not. He thought he was God. And he said, every day you have to bow down to me. And these three boys said, no, we're not doing that. You're not God, and we're not bowing to you. And so King Neb, as Pastor Rick used to call him, King Neb said, then throw them in the fire. Then they put them in the fire. The fire was so hot, the Bible says, that the soldiers who threw them in the fire died. But the boys did not say, our God is going to deliver us from going into the fire. The boys said, go ahead and throw us. <laughs> our God will be with us. They expected God to be with them. So you know what? <laughs> there have been times, so many times, when I've had to say to the enemy, go ahead. Keep taking your best shot because you're still defeated. You're still not going to get it. Go ahead and keep trying because every time, you, you, every time he loses, God wins. Amen? Every time he loses, I win. God always wins. Right? I want to be on the winning side. The guys are going to watch a soccer game, and I don't know which side you're voting for, but I know it's going to be exciting, and I'm, I wish I could be there, but I can't. So it's going to be amazing, but I want you to understand something. When you doubt, you put yourself on the losing side. Think about it. When you have expectancy, that 
takes over the doubt, and now I'm on the winning side. I'm on the side that God is going to get the victory no matter what happens. When I see the heavenly skies, the rainbows, the sunsets that are beautiful, it reminds me that God is with us and that the news is good eventually. If you're on the chat, type in eventually. (laughs) At some point, right? At some point, I'm expecting the news to be good. So here's what I want to ask you to shift a little bit. Maybe you used to getting that phone call or not getting that invitation from the commune to come get your documents or whatever. And you've been expecting the no. You've been expecting the frustration. You've been expecting the defeat. You've been expecting the arguments. I want you to start expecting faith, hope, love, blessing, peace, joy. Come on. I want you to expect it. God, I'm going to walk into this place, and I don't know what they're going to tell me, but I'm going to give them some joy today. I'm going to walk into this family situation, and I don't know how you're going to solve it, but I'm going to give them some faith today. I'm going to walk into this doctor's office, and I'm going to give that doctor some faith, and he's going to say, wow, there's not really an explanation for this healing that just happened. And you're going to get to say, oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is an explanation. You know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God doesn't ask you to be thankful without promising you something back. Amen? He promises us something. There's a reason to be thankful. Yes, Darcy, let's praise God for that. Amen. But here is the story. After the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 586 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar marched God's people off to Babylon as captives. And the Lord was good with that. He let that happen. It was all part of his plan. But a false prophet named Hananiah assured the Israelites, oh, you won't be held in captivity long. Prosperity is right around the corner. His modern counterparts still sort of dish out that same nonsense. God wants you to be happy. Look at all the pleasure you can enjoy right here, right now. But the true prophet, Jeremiah, who said those things that God promised, Jeremiah told the Israelites, in essence, no way, people. (laughs) Make yourselves at home here in Babylon. We're going to be held in bondage here for 70 years. What? Pastor Jen, where are you going with this? Jeremiah said, for I know the plans I have for you. But yet, in the middle of Babylon, he's saying, you're going to be here for 70 years. Now, I don't know what 70 years means for you. But what I know it's saying is that you can bet that wasn't what they wanted to hear. Lord, really? You want me to have the God of the long view? You want me to keep trusting you? But it might not be this year. It might not be next year. It might be in a decade beyond me. That's what missions is about. I'm giving to something that I may never see, but I'm giving because it's beyond me. Say beyond. Type it in the chat, beyond. So Psalm 90.10 says, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Will your strength endure? Maybe it's 70 minutes. Maybe it's 70 hours. Maybe it's 70 weeks. But are you willing to let your strength endure with a heart of thankfulness? Because I also know the plans he has for me. He is the God of the long view. But what came next were these marvelous plans for the future described in our favorite verse. 
And in the meantime, their lives were filled with a journey of hills and valleys. Matthew Henry wrote, let them not sorrow as those that have no hope, no joy, for they have hope. We have hope. We have joy. We have peace. See, I believe in being real. I am full of faith. I do want to be thankful and have victory. But I also know that it's not easy. And I also know that there is a battle. And there's a battle daily. The enemy wants to take you out. He wants to take us out. He wants to take our families out. He wants you to stop being a light for Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. As we remember Jeremiah 29, 11, our story isn't finished yet. Amen? Your story's not finished yet. God is still writing it. So you need to trust him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know. It's a firm reminder from God that he knows what he's doing. Bose told us last week, truly I tell you, the scripture said. That's God saying, truly I know. Yes, I know the plans I have for you. Yes, I know what you're going to walk through. I've already made a way. I've already got all these people in place that are going to be close to you that you're not going to do it alone. I've already got all these things in place that your struggle is going to make perseverance, which is going to build your capacity, which is going to increase your resume. Hear me. God cares about those things. Matthew Henry also said, we often do not know our own thoughts nor our own mind, but God is never uncertain about himself. Matthew Henry has a commentary on scripture. We often have uncertainty, but God is never uncertain about himself. So the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's not me being uncertain it's, or certain. It's Jesus in me saying, I can do all things through Christ. Come on, who gives me strength. Amen? You can do all things through Christ. In Hebrews, it's a delicious, in, um, when we're talking about Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans I have for you, it says in the Hebrew, it's a delicious mouthful, makashabah, which means thought or device. The plans I have for you, makashabah. It's a plan that's good, like wise advice. So what if I'm on this journey and victory is over there and then there's this roadblock. I know I'm sorry for the camera. You're just going to have to follow me a little bit, right? And I want God to move that. But actually... <laughs> If I move it, I know sometimes there's something underneath here, but if I move this, right, if I lift it, I'm getting stronger. My arms are getting stronger. I ain't scared. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm, I've got this block, this roadblock, but I know I'm going over there. But I got to hold on to this for a minute because it's in my way. So there must be something that God is trying to make me stronger as I'm working on this roadblock. Amen? And then suddenly, I am thankful, I get a breakthrough, and I can dash to my victory. Somebody say amen. amen. I want you to remember that because God is faithful. Colossians 1 in the message says, that means when I'm thankful, I'm strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for me. Strong enough to take part. I want the worship team to come. Colossians 1, 9 through 12 in the message says this. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you. 
asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. And so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It's a strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Amen? It is thanking the Father. Thanking. Say thanking. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Today, I want you to stand with me all over this building. I want to say thank you to those who have watched online, and I'm praying for you. I'm thanking God for your healing. I'm thanking God for restoring your marriage. I'm thanking God for restoring your faith. I'm thanking God for renewing the energy that COVID has tried to take away from some of us. And I bless you in the name of the Father, those that are... Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. God has spoken to each of us today. And so if you're watching online, we want you to know you're a part of our online family. We love you. We're praying for you. And I invite you right now to make Jesus Lord over all. Will you say this prayer with me? Even if you've said it before, will you let us know if you pray this prayer? Because I want you to know... You don't do life alone. We are with you, and Jesus is with you. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to take full control over everything in my life. I give you all my thoughts, all my decisions, and I ask you to forgive me, redeem my days, and help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we will accomplish what he has for our lives. Amen. Type in the chat. Amen. And I also want to pray that your miracle is in motion. We have seen God heal cancer. We have seen God heal literally broken hearts that God has restored the heart structure. We have seen God heal marriages. We have seen God restore children to health. We have seen God when someone said they couldn't get their kids in a school, God put them in the best school. So I want you to know right now, I am praying for your miracle that is in motion. I encourage you, type it in the chat. My miracle is in motion because we declare not the problem, but the solution. And God is the giver of all things we need. So Father, right now, for every person watching, I pray that whatever miracle they need, a miracle of healing, that they would experience that healing. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. They are needing to be set free of anxiety or worry or depression. You are our peace. You are Jehovah Jireh. You would provide all that we need. God, people that need finances and resources, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. Your banner over us is love. So today, as we declare, my miracle is in motion. God, we don't look at the problem. We look at the problem solver who is Jesus Christ, and we say, with God, 
Everything is possible and I will see the answer to the prayer. I will experience the joy of the Lord in the land of the living. That's a promise from scripture. And Father, we agree with our brothers and sisters today that your miracle is in motion and it will be complete in Jesus' name. I love you. Write us, send us a testimony. Join us online Wednesday night or on campus and follow the website because there's lots of ways for you to be involved. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week.